Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. It's Monday Night Live and we're live on Facebook, YouTube and my beloved LinkedIn. Man, have we got an action-packed episode scheduled in for tonight. I'm pretty pumped. We, we've had a lot of things going on lately, um, not the least of which is this whole coronavirus situation. Um, I, I noticed um, in some of the media... Um, with the bans that are happening in Victoria, especially, um, that uh, a few people aren't completely happy with some of the rules and regulations and a lot of pressure has been put on small business owners. A lot of people have lost their jobs. Um, so I've asked Jim Penman from Jim's, who started Jim's Mowing um, to join us. He has some thoughts to share about that. He's just emailed me. I'm going to see if he can, if he's going to be able to get on the call. Um, so we're just working that out. Um, but I also want to talk about uh, TikTok and Instagram. Um, for those of you that uh, aren't familiar with TikTok, I've got a bit of an enthusiast here in the waiting room uh, who's going to join us. I mean, I, when I was looking into TikTok, I was asking around a lot of the business people I know, and not many of them were very familiar with TikTok. However, there seems to be a lot of people using it. And so therefore, we've got Levi to join us. And I see Jim's just patched on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring Jim straight in, I think. So let's welcome everybody to the call, Jim Penman. Jim, how yeah. are you? Oh, not too bad. I'm glad I got on. I was a bit <laughs> last minute. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us. Where are you tuning in from? Just from home. Are you in – which city are you in? Melbourne. Uh, plague capital of the country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to asking you a few questions about – the restrictions that are going on. But um, Jim, do you mind just sharing a little bit about your story for some of the audience that perhaps haven't come across you personally before? I see, I'm sure we've all seen the trailers around Australia. Um, your, your brand's very well known. But you, how did you uh, get started? Was it uh, was it a one-off well, one business and how did it, how did it all begin? Um, I started off uh, aiming to be an academic, did a PhD in history, uh, believe it or not, and uh, lawn mowing with my part-time student job. And when I finished my PhD, or almost finished it, I found there was no possible work in that area. So I decided to go full-time in my mowing business. And uh, it sort of grew a bit more than I expected. So how old were you when you started? Well, in 1982, I started full-time. So I would have been um, basically 30 then. Yeah. Okay. That, that was 38 years ago. Yeah, awesome. And... Obviously, had a lot of success building the franchise since then. Um, how many uh, franchises are there now? About 3,900. Wow. Yes. Well, we're hoping to hit 4,000. We expect to hit 4,000 by the end of the year because the, uh, the crisis is very bad for the country, but very good for us because we've got plenty of work and uh, there's not as many options out there as there usually is. Yeah. And so tell us about... Um, you, you know, the impact of coronavirus on your business, and then we can talk specifically about some of the restrictions in Victoria. I'm keen to hear your thoughts on um, yeah. on how it's how it's impacting business and how the government have responded. Well, um, not wanting to, you know, be light on the misery we're all suffering, but it's actually been very good for us because we've got um, leads, which are, we've got masses of unserviced leads anyway, but the leads have gone up about 20% since the same time last year. So we've got plenty of work. But what's even more important is that franchise inquiries have gone through the roof because we've got work and people are out of work. So we're, we're going gangbusters. It's been fantastic for us. So uh, 
it was all pretty rosy in a way until um, about a week ago when uh, the uh, the Premier, who initially put out a um, guidelines, in fact, the law through the Department of Health and Social and, and Human Welfare to say that sole operators working alone could operate because obviously no risk to themselves or anybody else because they don't even see the clients and so forth, that it's not working with anybody else. And that was great. So that's okay. We can live with that. And then a few days later, the, the Premier goes into a press conference and says, oh, no, no more lawn mowing or gardening um, or cleaning, mm. as an example. Probably just completely off the cuff, not having any idea at that time what his actual guidelines were. And, of course, being the skilled politician he has, the first rule of politics is you never backtrack, never admit you're wrong. <laughs> or if, if, and if the alternative is throwing tens of thousands of Victorians unnecessarily out of work, well, that's obviously the far better option because, I mean, who, what do they matter? I'm not the Premier. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all they care about. It's a stupid thing because these people are no risk. We are not any risk of infection to ourselves and anyone else. The department's own guidelines recommended that. I challenged the Premier to tell me one person who's been infected doing the kind of jobs that we do. And obviously he can't. There's no reason for it. It's just simply to be blurted this out. And now he's got to stick to it. It doesn't matter what suffering is undergone by anybody. Yeah. So I'm, well, pretty, I'm pretty furious about the whole thing. As I mentioned, yeah, someone mowing a lawn. There's, I mean, we've got things at our disposal like mobile phones and, and payment online payments. Um, yeah. Somebody rowing, mowing a lawn in a mask, it doesn't seem to cause a threat to, I think they should be being a little bit more supportive perhaps. But it's good to see somebody speaking up to help some of the small businesses that are out there because mm -hmm. obviously, I mean, otherwise they're just going to be completely out of, out of work altogether, aren't they? Mm, look, I, I hear some terrible, terrible stories of people, not just from gyms, but from everywhere, people who've been thrown out of work, they've got no income, a lot of them don't have any, there's no backup of any kind from the government, and, and, and they're so angry, and they say the council, oper the council can operate, they can go around in twos and threes, and they're completely safe, we do the same job, one person with a mask, no, can't do it, because we're a threat to public safety. I mean, the point of it is, it's not even it's not even effective. I could understand if there was a reason for it, but it's not even effective because you've got to think about it. If they get thrown out of work, okay, what if what does a person do? Now it's nice to think they will sit down in the chair and they don't move, but what are they going to do? They're going to go out, they're going to have a walk, they're going to maybe run without a mask, they're going to go mm. to a bottle shop, they're going to get fast food. Any one of these activities is a hundred times more likely to convey an infection. So this is a unique example of a change which actually increases the level of infection in the community while causing endless devastation to so many people who are the most vulnerable in society. And I've been flooded with people who are just saying to me things like, I'm just so pleased that you stuck up for us because we've got no voice. Yeah. Oh, so it's excellent to see somebody standing up. And um, I hope to hear more about uh, this. Hopefully the Premier takes notice of some of the, I know you've been on other media outlets and, and reading a, written a letter to him personally. So I'd be interested to see what comes back from that. Um, uh, Jim, a lot of the, the people tuning tuning in, I can see some of the comments popping up here. Um, there's a lot of entrepreneurs on the call. Um, mm. I'm curious, like on this journey that you've been on, um, COVID aside, that's probably, <laughs> probably the immediate answer, but COVID aside, um, what's like one of the biggest challenges that you've encountered as an entrepreneur that you've had to overcome and, and how did you overcome it? <laughs> a lot of it's got to do with overcoming discouragement. Um, being in business, as you know, can be very hard at times. I mean, this last few days, it's not been the easiest in my entire career either because you get a lot of flack from this sort of thing. 
but you know, there's been times when I've been really just hit so hard, especially in the beginning when I was just starting up and I was deeply in debt and, and, you know, just had no money and, and it was just very difficult. And, and sometimes you just feel so battered by it that you just, you know, you just want to give up, but I, I, I don't give up. I suppose I'm a bit like one of those, you know, those, those, uh, those big things with the, the the plastic ones with the weight in the bottom, and you you knock them down and they spring back again. Well, I'm a bit like yeah. that. So I don't I don't give up easy. And, and is uh, that something that you think you were born with or developed along the way? Well, yes, I suppose upbringing, character. Um, my Christian faith mm. helps me a lot. I must say, in the hardest okay. times, it, it's it's um, it's just there. I think you've also got to have a sense of Having a sense of purpose in what you do matters and makes a lot of difference because one of the things is even though I've, you know, my, my, my academic career failed, I did a lot of research which suggested that there are ways we can dramatically improve human society, um, basically through use of biochemistry and epigenetics. And I'm running a research program now, which I'm, con which I'm spending, um, you know, million a year on two million dollars next year. And, and we're doing some very basic research. Now, that, that gives me a sense of purpose. In, in my life and also also my, my my service to my franchisees the fact that i i feel very committed to them every single franchisee in jim's group has my phone number and my email address and they contact me about anything and everything oh. and, and so i know what they're thinking and going through and i'm and it's like my extended family so they're very important to me so it's kind of like that pushes me along in a lot of ways so are you actively involved day to day in, in the, the franchise group Oh yes, <laughs> believe me. Still, I yeah. Probably, I probably had I probably had a correspondence with about thirty different franchisees and franchisors just today. I'm 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 there all the time. They they can ring me. You know, people didn't, advice they want. I I do personally with complaints and and so forth and and wow, all kinds of things. Yeah. So I'm I'm really involved. I I love it. It's great fun. I mean, it's it's I'm 68. People think you're supposed to be retired, but I reckon another 20 years at least I can keep going for. Wow. Wow. And, and you know, uh, I guess um, like we were all, as you grow a business, we all get very busy um, and our schedules, mm. you know, fill up, especially as you grow a, a larger company that you like you have. Um, what are some of the things that you do to manage your time effectively? Is there things that, are there still things you do that which you consider a waste of time or are they all delegated? Uh, no, I don't waste my time. I, I have a very efficient way of doing things. I, uh, I, I worked last year off emails. I probably answered about 100 emails today. And I started the most recent one, and I read it, and I do something with it. Now, that might be answering the question. It might be changing the complaint status. It might be delete, deleting one if it's, if it's valid. Um, it might be referring to somebody else for advice. I just do it, and I go to the next one, and the next one, and do it very fast. And I, and I type very, very fast. I learned to touch type way before the edge of computers. I want to be a writer, actually. My science fiction writer, you believe it. And really? I, and my writing is so terrible that, that there was a, when I was about in year 12 in school, um, I wanted to be, I wanted to type and I asked my sister, she said, I said, how do you type? She said, put your fingers there and do it. So I've touch typed ever since. <laughs> so I type very fast. So I just deal with things, one after the other, after the other, after the other, and do it fast and efficiently. And I don't look back and I just deal with it. So I can get a lot done. Yeah, awesome. So, is is Daniel your son that's involved in the business? Sorry, is, is, is Daniel related to you that's involved in the business? Daniel Dungate. Daniel. No, who's that? Oh, okay, I, was, I thought I saw a name come up. Um, 
It's actually the letter that you sent me that's the premiere was actually, it was Daniel, I'm pretty sure, the, the address at the top. Am I getting confused? <laughs> Daniel Daniel Andrews is the, is the premier. The premier. Okay. I wrote, sounds, I wrote the premier. Sounds, it sounds like I'm getting confused. <laughs> Just, don't, don't mind me. <laughs> if it was in my business, he might understand a bit more about the, the needs of ordinary people. I don't, think, I don't think the Premier even knows a small business owner. I'd be surprised if he does. They live in a bubble there. He have no clues. To him, mm. a lawn mowing contract is somebody who, who, who mows the lawns for his mates who are union officials and stockbrokers and lawyers and all the rest of it, the, 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 the creme de la creme. He, he would have no comprehension of what it's like to be a struggling small business owner. Not any idea at all he's a pure politician and and that's, I, don't, I don't say that in a bad way being a politician is useful but in this day and age in time of crisis do you really need a politician or do you need a, a leader we've got a couple of uh, uh questions from the audience here paul's asked uh jim when did you move into franchises and why did you choose that route ah uh, <laughs> Well, 1989 is the answer, but what actually happened was that I, I sort of had the idea, but I thought, why would anybody buy a franchise? Because I used to build up and sell lawn mowing rounds. I started working for myself. Then I used to have I got so much customers. I started building up and selling lawn mowing rounds. And I, why would anybody buy a franchise when you just want to work? And then what are you going to offer them ongoing? And then VIP came in from Adelaide. And, and they just terrified me, these guys. They had a 250 franchisees. They were hugely successful in, in my terms, that was massive. And they had all this all this stuff and uniforms and signed trailers and all this stuff. I I actually I actually tried to join them. I actually said to them, look, I'll just help to build VIP in the state. And they said, no, no, not interested. So I thought I, I might as well try and see if I can if I can compete with these guys sometime. So I went in and basically gate crashed the uh, their expo <laughs> and went up to the stand and said, like, I'm interested in, in VIP. Can you tell me about it? Not saying who I was, of course, and then this guy told me all about it, and then then the state manager came in and said, "That's Jim Penman. Don't tell him anything else." So they kicked <laughs> me off the stands. But I thought, hang on, there is some point to this franchising idea. But I bet I could do a better job of Brilliant. franchising than than they did because I I reckon I could look after what the franchisees wanted. And so I, I just started, and somebody said to me at the beginning, um, "How many? How well do you think this could work?" And I said, "Well, I don't know if it'll work or not, but one day." If it works really, really well, I could have as many as 100 franchisees. <laughs> <laughs> and but uh, and honestly, the whole thing just shocked me the way it took off. I had 60 by the end of the first year. I thought, what is going on with this? But <laughs> I, I had a very simple way of selling, and this was this was based on the way I used to sell lawn mowing rounds. Because when I sold lawn mowing rounds, what I found was whenever I sold to somebody, I would put their name on a in black texture with their phone number on a bit of white cord and stuck it behind me. And I did everything I could to look after them. I sort of gave them replaced jobs and I gave them advice and all kinds of things. I didn't, even, I didn't charge anything. I just did it. So that if somebody came to see me and they said, why should they do it with you? I would say, well, look, ring up some of those guys, take a few phone numbers, ask them. And they'd ring up and they'd say, Jim's a fantastic guy to deal with. He looks after you. He, says, he keeps his promises. It was easy. So when I started franchising, I did the same thing exactly. What I did is I gave everybody a list of my current franchisees with their phone numbers, which nobody did. It was way before the code. And they'd ring them and they'd say, this is great. Jim's great. He looks after us well. It's the best system. Why would you be anything else? And so somebody would come to me and say, why should, you, why should we deal with you when you're running your business from your basement? And there's VIP, which is interstate and got this big office and all this fancy stuff. And I say, well, look, 
my system's different. I can tell you a bit about it, but I want you to take my list and I want you to go and ring as many of my people as you as you want to. Ring all of them and then go and ask VIP for their list. <laughs> so which yeah. I knew they wouldn't give them. So yeah. that, that they, yeah. my guys sold it for me, and that's what all it was. Mm. We've got another question here. We've got time for one more. So is it very scary to manage just such a big company? Do you ever get scared that you make a bad decision? And and how do you make decisions? From Charles. Well, any thoughts? It's it's better to make a decision than not to make a decision. And I'm very good at making decisions. If I make a bad decision, people yell at me and I change it. I mean, I'm not unlike the Premier. I'm not afraid to change my mind. And that often happens too. If I do something that my franchise don't like and they start telling me because they can all get onto me. And I say, all right, okay, let's, let's change it this way. We actually have an advisory committee which actually helps to make policy for the company. So, yeah, yeah. I feel responsible. I feel responsible for a lot of people. I, I, it, when my franchisees suffer, it really hurts me. And, and, and so I always have this driving sense of obligation, which, which motivates me in a lot of ways. Yeah, and no, I can hear that you um, you you obviously um, very caring about uh, the people that you're involved in business with, and your reputation precedes you. And um, yeah, it's been fantastic having you on the call, Jim. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, it's been a, it's been an honour, and uh, I hope uh, you get some headway with uh, the premier. Yeah, good luck with that one. But <laughs> maybe thanks, Antonio. <laughs> really appreciate it. Okay, speak soon. Take care. All right, guys. There you have it. Hearing straight from the guy that grew three, almost 4,000 franchisees for Jim's mowing. Um, I, I didn't tell Jim because I, I bit my tongue a bit because one of my first businesses was a gardening business. <laughs> I certainly didn't uh, have the same level of success. Moving on, guys. Today, uh, I want to talk about this TikTok ban. I want to talk about uh, Instagram. Uh, you may have noticed if you're on Instagram, like they've copied a lot of the TikTok features. Um, I only know this because I've been well informed by my good friend, the one and only Levi Garrett, who's going to tune in and join us, who's a TikTok enthusiast. Levi, how are you? Good and you? I'm doing good. Levi, what do, you, what do we think of TikTok? Are you a fan? Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan of it. Um, it's, it's pretty fun. And how, many, how many people are on TikTok now, Levi? Um, around 800 million. 800 million? Jesus. Yeah. That's more than LinkedIn. Are you on LinkedIn, Levi? No. <laughs> so tell us, what kind of videos uh, and pictures do people post on TikTok? Well, there's like dances, um, like all bunch of stuff. You can find anything on there. And what do you think about the the um, Premier ScoMo saying that uh, TikTok might be banned in Australia? Oh, I was kind of mad at first because I've made quite a few friends on there and I was almost at 300 followers, but I'm now at 400. But, yeah. yeah. And, and tell, everyone, tell everyone what you did when you found out that TikTok might be banned. I DM'd him <laughs> saying, how many likes on TikTok for you not to ban it in Australia? <laughs> did it, did Scomo get back to you? No, but he saw it. Did he? Yeah. Well, Scomo, if you're watching, shame on you. We need you to get back to Levi. Um, and I have Brooke V. Hi. Sorry, I should have, I should have given you a bit more warning. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm just responding to DMs. Oh yeah. Um, have you written one to Scomo yet about TikTok? 
No, but I heard that and I was laughing. I thought it was hilarious. Don't worry. I've messaged Mark Zuckerberg like a thousand times and he never responds to me either. Levi, before we go, we've got a question from the fans. Yeah. Do you think people pay attention to the ads on TikTok? No, they always skip them. There you have it. No one's interested. Yeah. Thanks, Great. Levi. Thank you. Young entrepreneurial dude there. As long as the TikTok doesn't get banned, he'll be the next influencer joining us, I'm hey, sure. Hey, it's very cute. What a little legend. How are you today, Brooke? I'm pretty phenomenal. <laughs> That's good to hear. How are what you? Else is new? I, I, I feel like I don't need to introduce you. Most of my audience know who Brooke Milinovich <laughs> is. She um, was... She's been labelled my arch nemesis uh, due to the LinkedIn versus Instagram tour we did last year and the phenomenal podcast that we started together, which has also been um, also been uh, called the greatest podcast in the universe by a few people, or maybe <laughs> maybe just two people. <laughs> That's all it needs, right? Yeah. What's going on with Instagram, Brooke? It's all changing. I'm confused. So many things are happening. So literally last week was like Instagram Christmas for me because we have been waiting for the introduction of, I suppose you could say TikTok's arch nemesis, a.k.a. just straight out copy, except there's one thing they didn't copy and I'm really fucked off. Oh, can I say fucked off? I'm really fucked off because it's like, one of the coolest features. Cover your ears, Levi. Sorry, Levi. It's like one of the coolest features of TikTok, and it's the one thing they didn't copy, and it's the voiceover feature. Oh, okay. do you know what I'm? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I understand what a voiceover is. Yeah, I, I mean, like to be to be honest, I'm not the best, biggest TikTok um, user out there, so <laughs> it's all pretty new to me. But what's the difference, like, between these Instagram reels they've called them? What's the yeah. difference between doing an Instagram reel and an Instagram story? Uh, okay, so in a story, when you press on the capture button, you can capture 15 seconds of video. A reel, you can split up that 15 seconds into multiple videos. It's almost like a video editing suite, isn't it? Yeah. And um, without voiceover, without voiceover, yeah. And um, what you can do, I suppose, another difference would be that stories only last for twenty four hours. Reels now leave lives on your feed, so you can share your reel to your story, but it also actually lives on your newsfeed um, forever. So that would be another difference. What else? Hmm. Uh, what type? What type of content are you going to be recommending to your your clan of? thousands and thousands of people that are following your advice. What sort of content are you going to recommend that they post on, on Instagram Reels? So um, I have been, do I say an active, I've been an active user of TikTok since the app was invented in that I don't create TikToks but I watch. So I'm an active consumer of TikToks for the reason that I've been watching what brands are doing and what's been really working for brands because obviously you can just replicate that on Reels. So um, what's pretty successful that I've seen brands do is little a day in the life of, so literally recording like couple of second snippets of your entire day so it brings your customer into your world, like packing up orders, making your products, shipping things out, the meetings that you're going to, 
all just in a 15-second snippet. You can also get, go down the path of sharing tips and advice, but this is where some people are going a little bit wrong because you can type text on the screen, right? But yeah. it's only 15 seconds. So you got to make sure that what you've got on the screen, people can actually read and consume that content within the split second that it's up on the screen, and that's where yeah. a lot of people are messing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I'm guilty of doing stuff like that, putting too much information in stories, putting the links in the wrong places. But mm -hmm. you know, so like this day in the life stuff. If you're in lockdown, have you got any ideas of how people could be a bit more creative and? Like I, I've seen you do it. I've seen you do it during coronavirus and you do mm -hmm. tell these stories and I think, how does she come up with this stuff? Like you know, I find it quite difficult when I'm sitting at home all day. You got any ideas for us? Well, what you've got to remember is it's only 15 seconds. So it's 15 seconds out of what, the 12 hours that you're awake. I find um, people are really intrigued by what you do in the morning or if you work from home, like, what do you do with that time? When do you get up? What do you eat for breakfast? Then what do you do? What programs do you use? When do you eat lunch? Then what happens? Like people have this idea that when you work from home, I don't know, you like sit around twiddling your thumbs all day. They, they can't seem to grasp what working from home actually means. So just showing the steps yeah. of what that actually involves from when you start work to when you finish work in a 15 second clip like don't overthink and it and i can feel i can feel the energy a little bit on the call or maybe it's my own energy but like it's a little bit you have to be vulnerable don't you a little bit i mean like if i'm thinking okay. oh, do i want to share what i want to what i have for breakfast or want to share this or want to share that um what are your thoughts around vulnerability Vulnerability is a huge part of social media because vulnerability is a, a way to connect with people. You've got to be vulnerable in order to foster that connection and that's why we're all using social media to connect, right? So yeah. for the right people, they will find your vulnerability endearing and relatable and that's, that's what's going to foster that connection and bring them into your brand and ultimately turn them into customers. So yeah, you gotta do yeah, it. yeah, and I think it's practice. It's so interesting. I called Brooke up an hour and a half ago, I think, and I'm like, Brooke, we got Levi coming on, we got Jim coming mm -hmm. on. Can you come on and talk about what's happening on Instagram? And you're like, Yeah, no worries. Oh, like, here I am. <laughs> no, no stress. It's like it's, it's practice, isn't it? You just feel comfortable doing this now. Oh. 100%. Like, I'll be totally honest with you. About three minutes ago, I was falling asleep on the couch because, like, <laughs> this is really getting close towards my bedtime. And, um, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. This is showbiz and the show must go on. <laughs> <laughs> this is showbiz. Um, what are you excited about at the moment other than reels? Um, I mean, well, I'm excited to see what actually does happen with TikTok. Because yeah. Donald Trump has given um, TikTok until the 15th of September to be purchased by a US-based company, otherwise it's banned. So if it does get banned, I'm really interested to see what happens because it's a massive platform. The content creators on TikTok are pumping out serious content for themselves and for brands as well. So what's going to happen to all of that? I know it wouldn't surprise me if the Trump group, Trump group, are making offers. 
Yeah, well, the latest is that Twitter is now in the race. Wouldn't you love to be like, hmm, maybe I'll buy it. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll use that 40 bill spare that I've just got sitting around and invest. Yeah, COVID, so many good opportunities. <laughs> right? But like, can you just imagine entertaining that idea? Maybe I'll buy TikTok. I would love to. Does anyone yeah. want to lend me 40 bill? If anyone's got 40 bill spare and you want to. Brooke's birthday coming up. Pass it, pass it over. I would love to. How cool would that be? Like, I own TikTok now. Welcome to the social club. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how's your business been through COVID, Brooke? Give us an update. Oh, ups, downs and everything in between. So a big part of what I do, obviously, is speaking. When events started getting cancelled, all that got canned. When travel was not an option, all that got canned. So that was pretty scary because within like two weeks, I lost, you know, my entire year's worth of work, really, um, and didn't really know what was going to happen. And then I lost almost half my social club members as well um because you know businesses were cancelling subscriptions they didn't know what was happening and that was also really scary and there was definitely a point where I thought I was going to lose everything um this was a couple of months ago now and it was shit and it was scary and and I just refused to lose everything so I pivoted you know worked on adjusting my strategy and managed to get the social club back up and running and and really strong again which I'm very proud of doing because it was really hard <laughs> um, and it was really scary, but we've done it and it's good. And also now I'm working on a new program, which will be launching soon, which is going to be huge. Um, tell us more. Tell us more. Can you tell us more? Can I tell you more? I did a post about it last night and there is a very big hint in the post of what it is and only two people so far picked up on it. All right, guys, get on to Instagram. Get on to Instagram. Look yeah, at Brooke's post from last night. From last night. <laughs> it is, I think, what's cool about what's coming for me personally is if it wasn't for COVID, there's no way I would be able to commit to what I'm about to do. I yeah. wouldn't, I just wouldn't have been able to commit to it with um, my schedule that I had this year. So the schedule got cleared. I had time. And, you know, when you've got time and you're creative, you create things. And I created something that's been niggling at me for a long time. I know there's a massive need for it. I get asked for it five to ten times a day. I get asked for this. Um, and I've just had to say, no, I can't, no, I can't, no, I can't, no, I can't. And now I can. So that will be launched. Well, what I can tell you is enrolments for it. Enrolments is a hint. That's a hint, guys. Enrollments will open in September, the date I will be announcing first to my social club community. So my social club community will get first dibs. That includes me, ladies and gentlemen. I did not cancel during COVID. I'm a loyal social club member. You're a loyal member. social club member. Thank you. You were my <laughs> one left. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to take a couple of questions for you, Brooke. Here yes. we go. Um, Daily, weekly, Instagram, does it matter for posts versus stories, et cetera, et cetera? Thoughts? 
Oh, Paul, I'm overwhelmed by the different media types on Instagram. What should I be doing first, daily, weekly? Ah, okay. <laughs> ah, so really good question, Paul. Um, look, there isn't one answer for everyone, okay? There's no point me saying to you every single day you need to do this or you need to post on your story or that. You need to actually find through testing what works for your audience and fits within your lifestyle. Some people can post every single day to their feed and on their story. Some people just possibly can't. Um, you need to find what works for you. I would start with your feed. So get your feed strategy solid and then move on to stories once you're comfortable with your feed posts. Then when you move on to stories and you become comfortable with your stories, then start doing some IGTVs. When you become comfortable with that, start doing some reels rather than trying, like, don't do five things with 20% effort. Do one thing with 100% effort until you feel comfortable with it. And then when you've got that nailed, move on to the next thing because otherwise you're just going to do your head in. Yeah, that's awesome advice. So, And how important is consistency? Consistency is key. So I would rather you... I would rather you find what works for you that you can yeah. maintain consistently than go gung-ho. Like I always compare social media to fitness. So if you've never worked out before and I said to you, you need to go to the gym every day for an hour, you might do it for the first week, maybe the first two weeks, and then you'd be like, fuck this, I am out. <laughs> if I said to you, okay, what can you fit into your lifestyle? You need to exercise, but how can you do it consistently? Then you would be more open to doing it consistently. And social media is exactly the same. You've got to find what works for you. Yeah, great advice. Thanks so much for hopping on late uh, notice, Brooke. Appreciate, always pleasure. a pleasure speaking to you. Well, most of the time. <laughs> We're not going head to head. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Catch you later. I'll just cut her off mid bye then. It's uh, uh, awesome to have Brooke on the call. Obviously, an Instagram guru. Highly recommend her social club membership. If you haven't joined, check it out. Um, we will see you next week. Have an awesome week in business. For those of you that are still on lockdown, get onto Instagram Reels and start sharing some stuff. And uh, we'll see you next week. Looking forward to it. Have a great week, guys. Cheers. <laughs>